strapping on, kids. Whatever that means. You're locked into a special selection Sunday edition of Mad About Hoops. Here's Timmy Hall and Evil Bald Colin. Well, well, well. College basketball fans, this is our time. We have made it to the big day. It is my favorite day in sports. Evil Bald Colin, baby. How we doing, man? I'm doing well. I uh, I knew this was coming, so it didn't surprise me, but I love it every time you play it. Oh, man. So we're going to have a, a very short open here, and then we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back at the top of the hour as we, we look, we are the most official, unofficial selection show you're going to find as we will have our screens up. We've got our empty brackets in front of us, and you are going to love just the random recall and college hoops knowledge that this man to my right has. This is the show for you, buddy. You finally get to show everyone this useless college basketball knowledge. It doesn't become useless today. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not trying to show anything. I just want to help people do really well in their bracket challenges, especially the one we have coming up here on the fan later this month. And I mean, I wanted a few years ago. Some people think that I cheated, but really, I was just really good at it. All right. Stay right there. You're mad about hoops. Selection Sunday special returns right after this special edition of mad about hoops the best damn college basketball podcast in the world here's timmy and colin welcome everybody selection sunday what a time i'm still happy and i've been talking to several of you ohio state buckeye basketball fans it's been a mixed bag and i understand that but to these two guys right here i think the passion and the excitement for this great event will shine through. Colin, I think it's the best sporting event in the world. I really do. I completely agree with you, and this is one of the best days in the world. And, yeah, it was a little little sluggish to start because it was spring forward, but you know what? Nothing gets you more energized than seeing this bracket reveal and kind of going piece by piece to see what you like and what you don't like. I, I hate to brag, but your boy here went five for five in the picks today for the conference champions. We had Memphis, we had Bama, Purdue, Princeton, smart guys at the beginning, and VCU. But enough of that. We go right to our top seed, and we're going to start off in the South region. The number one seed, no surprise here, Colin, the Alabama Crimson Tide. 29 wins this year. Everything kind of centers around that Brandon Miller situation. The 16 seed feeder games from first four in Dayton, either Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, or Southeast Missouri State. Alabama, man, that's going to be a lot of people's picks. When you look at a a college basketball season where there just wasn't any big dog. They seem to be the team doing the most at the end here. 100%. They were the best team late. They won big in the SEC. And, and quite honestly, they've got all the talent from behind the arc and within the post to really make a run at this. And they are the betting favorite. So we're just waiting on this 8-9 game that's going to feed into them. Good to see those little guys. I really do enjoy the uh, Dayton matchups. It's fun. We got it right here in our home state. If you can get out to the games there, I would highly recommend that. You get some of the big on bigs with the mid-majors, or not the mid-majors, the the bubble teams getting in. So we go to the 8-9 that feeds into this Alabama potential second-round matchup. These will be being played in Birmingham, I should say. Birmingham matchups. West Virginia, the 9, taking on Maryland, the 8. I like that. Nice little regional matchup right there. Terps and Mountaineers. We go below that to the 5-12 matchup here. San Diego State. How about the Aztecs out of the Mountain West? The Mountain West regular season and tournament champs right there. We'll be playing a 30-win basketball team. 
the College of Charleston, the Cougars in the 12 seed there. I think this is uh, the first one everyone's going to look at and circle Charleston on their maps because this is going to be a classic 12-5 upset possibility. You've been on College of Charleston all season, Colin. Yeah, Pat, Pat Kelsey's a great coach, man. He's really put together a good program. All right, so we go below that. These are Thursday games, too, by the way. And San Diego State Charleston will be in Orlando, Florida in a 5-12. The four seed feeding into that matchup in a second rounder. University of Virginia, the 13 seed, Furman. There we go. UVA versus Furman in an opening round matchup. This is also going to be a popular one. Furman's very guard-oriented, and can they get after Virginia's guards? It's going to be the question. UVA is one of these teams in the ACC that just struggles to get buckets despite being a recent national champ, and you just wonder how deep could a team like Tony Bennett, how deep could these guys go? So... Just waiting on the next matchup right here as we go to the bottom of this bracket here. We're in the south region, and we go to the 6-11 matchup now. The Creighton Blue Jays out of the Big East Conference. Creighton had a really, really good season. Oh, and look at this. Here's a bubble team not having to go through the first four in Dayton, NC State. But it shows you how much of not a bubble team they are because they didn't go to Dayton. Exactly. Yes. I thought and they were going to be bubbly and in, in, in the first four, but here they are. Going to be a great game field. Uh, to Quavion Smith versus the guys of Trey Alexander and R, uh, RJ Nembhard. Two really good guards for NC State. Really good backcourt there. They can score. They really can fill it up. They were 23 and 10 this year out of the ACC. Three seed. These are Friday games. The three seed in the South region is the Baylor Bears. Another recent national champ there coached by... Scott Drew, he's done marvelous things with that program. And the champs of the Big West, the 14 seed, the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. Let me go right on here, Evil, into the 7-10 matchup. We're getting to the bottom of the South region right now. Missouri and Utah State, the 7-10. Missouri, the 7. Utah State, the 10 seed. So right there, you get a second team in from the Mountain West Conference the Aggies losing to San Diego State in their tournament championship just yesterday on 10 TV. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I, I actually kind of like Utah State with that because they can shoot deep from three. Missouri's going to try to get up and play a fast-paced game with their guards, but this honestly just sets up really well. Looking at the bracket as a whole for the South region, it sets up really well for Bama and maybe someone like Creighton on the bottom half. And possibly the uh, matchup against Bama in the Elite Eight. The two-seed is the Arizona Wildcats taking on the 15-seed Princeton Tigers, Ivy League champs earlier today. So there we go, man. We got our first set of 16 teams there. So good. Yeah, like I just said, Bama really made out well at the top half of this because Virginia and San Diego State are two teams that are really prone to playing slow-paced games, low-scoring games versus teams that want to play high, fast-paced, high-scoring games in Charleston and Furman. Uh, and then and, and Creighton, it's going to be a game of the guards between NC State, and if they can get through that, I love how they match up with Baylor Arizona, and then possibly a Missouri or Utah State. Yeah. Do, do you have any thoughts on that Furman team? I know you're watching a lot of the small conference games. That's a 27-win basketball team there, and Furman could possibly strike some fear into UVA, who is a slower-paced team that doesn't score a whole lot of points. They were just held to, what was that final there against Duke? I believe they were held below 50 points. It was just below it, yeah. I No, those two games is why I'm pointing them out. They're just contrasting styles, and when you're looking for those low majors to pull an upset, you, and Virginia's been popular for the upset pick in the past, it's because they try to play different styles, and if you can get the team to play into your style, it benefits you in the long run. Yeah, this is so great. If you guys are just joining us here, we just got a look at the South region 
where uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide are the one seed. That's the number one overall seed. And the two seed at the bottom of the bracket is the Arizona Wildcats. So we're breaking this all down. We had conference tournament championships finishing up today. Five pretty good ones. We didn't really get a chance as they're breaking over there on uh, the selection show. So we can roll a little bit. Purdue just surviving to beat Penn State 67 to 65. What in the world was going on in the final two or three minutes there? And one of Purdue's guards, I, I don't know if that was Fletcher Lawyer or one of the other ones. I got to get a handle on that because I don't want to put the wrong guy on the on blast there. But whoever it was, you don't throw the ball backwards under your own basket. Gave up the steal and it was able to Penn State cuts it to one point there. I honestly don't know why they called a timeout when they were running the ball up the floor. Not even running the ball up the floor. Ten seconds left. Yeah, it's just you don't a have to do philosophy. the inbounds. It's, it's just a it's a philosophy. They want it to set is. up a play. It now, is. granted, the play, in my opinion, wasn't very good. I don't like throwing it over a group of defenders to the other side of the the court to try to get a three point shot. And clearly, it didn't work out for Penn State. But some guys just like to see how their team reacts in the moment. You don't want to give the defense a chance to set up. But at the same time, if you can set up a good play on your own and you can beat that defense, I, I see benefits to both sides. And I've I, seen both work. I just I don't know why you would want to go into it where you're going to give Zach Eady another chance to defend the inbound. I, I just I don't know. I don't know why you're going with that philosophy in that spot there. The way that that the flow that you had going there, if you're Penn State, I want to get that basketball I want to, the, the floor is already spread, right? Purdue's already kind of scrambling and they're a little bit nervous because we might be giving away the Big Ten Tournament Championship right now from, what were they up, 17 points in at, the second half? At one point, yes. Yeah, so they're thinking about things. I think they're kind of on the run. I don't know why you slow it down and stop there and it, it was something ugly there. I remember the, the Ohio way? State game. Remember how they didn't get a good shot on Purdue in the final seconds there? Yes. The Buckeyes are trying to win. Yes, that was tough. But um, I, I do. Do we want to work our way through what we're thinking for this region before we come back and get the uh, next bracket? So we got those teams again. It starts off with Alabama as the top seed. They will get either Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, or SEMO, Southeast Missouri State. And at the bottom, you've got Arizona taking on Princeton. What are your thoughts on the Wildcats? We both were up texting, watching that Pac-12 championship game. And I thought Arizona should have had that thing iced away and won that by 8-10 to 10 with everything that UCLA didn't have in the game. They did not have Clark. He could be out for the season. They're Defensive Player of the Year, correct, in the Pac-12. That's right. And they didn't have the freshman, the Pac-12 freshman a Player Dembona, of the Year, the Dembona, yes. in the game either. And it still took a wild Courtney Ramey three to get it done, and UCLA missed a wide-open three to win it at the end. Yeah, in terms of... Arizona as a team as a whole, their guard plays just kind of lacks in a lot of areas. They they love to go through Umar Balo and Azulas Tubelas down in the post, and they'll take advantage of that in this bracket because a lot of the teams they're playing don't really enforce the post as much. Maybe Creighton is the one team with Ryan Kalkbrenner that's going to give him those two a challenge down there. But I don't love how this bracket sets up because it's such a guard-oriented bottom half. You're talking about Utah State and Missouri love to go through their guards. Creighton, we've already mentioned Trey Alexander, Nemhard. Uh, with Baylor, we already know the trio there, Keontae George, LJ Cryer, and uh, Adam Flagler. This is just, I think this is a situation where the bottom half of the bracket is going to get real messy, and I would not want to send Arizona through to the Elite Eight. I don't think I'm doing anything other than uh, Alabama in that South region with the way they're playing right now. They just destroyed Texas A&M. The Brandon Miller situation certainly one of the weirdest, and uh, it's very strange what they, they chose not to do with any discipline with him, but he's out there playing, and nothing 
does seem to be uh, changing with that anytime soon. So there you go. As we're going to move it over to the, where are we, to the top right of our brackets here, if you're filling them out. We're now in the Midwest region, so we go with our top seed in the Midwest region. It is the Houston Cougars taking on the champs out of the horizon. Kept an Ohio team, another Ohio team, from getting in the tournament. That's Northern Kentucky. So Houston versus Northern Kentucky. Let me move right along to the 8-9 game below that. The Hawkeyes out of Iowa. These are Thursday contests as well. Also in Birmingham, Alabama, Iowa versus Auburn in an 8-9 matchup there. So some big conference schools there, Colin. Yeah, Houston versus Iowa in the second round. That could be first at 90 points. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Cougars, of course, falling to Memphis today in their tournament championship. That was a tough go. Memphis really stormed off and got up by 20 points in that game today. So pretty good job by the Memphis Tigers. And we'll be curious to see where Penny Hardaway's squad goes in. But we move along in the Midwest region. The five seed, Miami. The champs in the ACC are a five seed. Says something about that conference. And the 12 seed, Drake, 27 and 7. The Drake Bulldogs. Man, I, I actually kind of wish Drake got a better draw at this, but I think Miami's going to be hating it worse because the way that Drake plays is very contrasting to what they want to do. These games are up in Albany, New York, and they will be played this Friday the 17th. Now we've got another Big Ten team popping up the second in this region. The Indiana Hoosiers are the four seed, and looky there, the second team from Ohio that'll be in beside Xavier, the Kent State Golden Flashes, 13 seed, the one other team that I actually saw in person this year, the Kent State Golden Flashes, they're pretty good, and uh, they really stepped down on the gas pedal to win the MAC championship on Saturday night against Toledo there. We go, we move right along in the Midwest region. The sixth seed, this game being played in Greensboro, North Carolina. So you can imagine, you know, Duke is going to pop up in this region somewhere else. Or not in this region, but you know that there's games the being same played location. in Greensboro. Yeah, so they're not going to be the two seed playing in Des Moines, Iowa. As I'm looking at the bracket right here. Looks Iowa, like we're getting some bubble teams here coming bu up. Yeah, bubbles coming up here. Iowa State's the six seed. Here's an 11 that's going to feed through the first four in Dayton. You've got Mississippi State out of the SEC and Pitt. Pitt almost winning an ACC regular season championship is a bubble team going through Dayton. And here's that second Ohio team playing out of Greensboro, North Carolina, the three seed big East. Actually, no, they weren't the champs. Marquette was the champs and Marquette was the regular season champs as well. Xavier, the three is going to take on Kennesaw state, the 14. Yeah. Iowa state's usually a team you like to target for upsets, but they got a really good draw. They're facing defensive teams and they are very much a defensive oriented team. And waiting now on the 7-10 matchup, moving to Des Moines, Iowa, Texas A&M, fresh off of getting shellacked by Alabama. They're in the hotel, though. They're still pretty happy about things. Still a heck of a season. Single-digit losses, 25-win basketball team. Buzz is a pretty good coach. He's taken many, many different teams to the NCAA tournament and gotten on pretty good runs in the NCAA tournament as well. Taking on the 10 seed, also fresh off a, a tight loss, Penn State, another Big Ten team, Texas A&M versus Penn State in a 7-10 matchup. I like this for Penn State. If they can contain Wade Taylor for Texas A&M, they have a lot of advantages. And we go to the bottom of this region. We finish things up in the Midwest, the two seed. I think both of us like this pick to win it all. 
especially when I love them in this region. Yeah, well, especially when you hop on one of your apps and before the tournament begins, I think you can find them anywhere between a plus 1800 and maybe a plus 1900. The Texas Longhorns, who just absolutely destroyed Kansas up in their territory at the Sprint Center in KC, they'll be taking on Colgate. So that's the 215 matchup to seal things up in the Midwest region. Some thoughts on the top of that bracket that we're looking at right here? Yeah, like I said, Iowa versus Houston, if that happens in the second round, look for that to be best of 90. Uh, I'm really conflicted on this Miami Drake because Tucker DeVries is a really good player, a son of the coach. Uh, Drake wants to put up a lot of threes, almost six or seven guys that average around 35% from three. And Miami's very guard-oriented with Jordan Miller, Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack. It's going to be battle of strengths on that. But I think Houston eventually will find their way out of that. It, uh, honestly, I, I like the chalk in that. I, I like a Houston versus Texas and then Texas winning the region. I kind of like I like the draw for Xavier as we look at the bottom here, feeding into Texas A&M or Penn State. They're a hot and cold team, but they've got a really solid big guy in Jack Nungy. He's played at a bigger conference level, too, coming from Iowa, and he's turned into a nice guy that can go out and get you 20 and 10 on his best night. And then between Sule Boom, who we've talked before, I think he's the best mid-major transfer up. He had an incredible season. And then Colby Jones as well for Xavier. you got a, a really good backcourt. Some good role players, good big. I think they can last. I think they can make a little run here. I'm seeing Iowa State as the sixth seed there, either Texas A&M or Penn State in the next round. It will end against Texas, I do think, but a a couple of wins there for Xavier. So we both like Kent State, and we have all year, and this is a team that's played – Honestly, they've uh, they've played Houston, so they've already experienced that in this own region. Uh, They played a close game with Gonzaga. This is a really bad matchup for Indiana if they don't – get a lot from Trace Jackson's ace. And I think they will. They'll get about 20-plus points from him. But the way that Kent State wants to shoot the three, and Indiana scares me if their shots aren't falling because they're not really a three-point-oriented type of team. All right, we have half of our 2023 NCAA tournament bracket. The rest of it will be coming up. You guys are listening to a Mad About Hoops Selection Sunday special right here on The Fan. You're listening to a special Selection Sunday edition of Mad About Hoops. Here's Timmy and the Evil One. What's going on, college basketball fans? We're moving right along as the brackets are being released as we speak. This 6 to 7 o'clock hour on Sunday, second or third Sunday of March, whatever the heck it is. It's, it's, it's awesome, man. So here we go. We go to the West region. This is crazy here. Big thing, Houston getting that one seed in the Midwest region puts them to Kansas City in the regionals if they go through Kansas now will have to go all the way out west they are the one seed in the west so getting shellacked by Texas looks looks the way that it did matter this time around the 16 seed for the Jayhawks will be Howard they will get the bison there go into an 8-9 matchup Kansas could play either Arkansas the 8 or Illinois the 9 these games are going on in Des Moines Iowa then we go to the 5-12 matchup back there. That is going to be the Gales of St. Mary's, the five out of the West Coast Conference. They lost to Gonzaga in their tournament championship. The 12 seed, the VCU Rams, the A-10 tournament champions, regular season champs as well. They just beat Dayton today. And the 4-13 right below that one, that is UConn, 25-8, taking on another set of Gales. Two Gales in the same region, Iona, baby. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I uh, 
I love the VCU St. Mary's matchup. I think they're both going to want to play a slower paced game. The five twelve is always the most popular game to pick, but it seems like just this year we're getting really good matchups that could present upset opportunities. All right. TCU is the six seed here in the West region. They're 21 and 12, another big 12 team. The big 12, of course, going to take a lot of teams to the big dance. The 11 more Dayton games here, Arizona state taking on Nevada. So Steve Alford back into the NCAA tournament, Arizona state there. Good little player coach matchup right there it with is, the Hurley and Alford there. It is a good matchup. I am a little surprised Nevada got in. Nevada was really sliding towards the end of the year, losing to San Jose State and the Mountain West Conference Tournament. I am a little surprised that was the uh, team that made it in the, the last four in, but this actually really sets up well for a Gonzaga-UCLA matchup at the bottom of the bracket. I don't love the matchup for Northwestern facing Boise State. Now, traditionally, Mountain West teams aren't very great in this tournament. They didn't win a single game last year, but with the way they play their guards, I think they're going to play the same way that Northwestern wants to play. Of course, Arizona State has got a couple of depth Buckeyes that transferred out. They have Luther Muhammad. Neither of these guys are starting or getting great big minutes. Luther's minutes have actually dwindled ever since he left Ohio State. So maybe not the best call, but hey, uh, they're they're in the field here. Alonzo Gaffney and Luther Muhammad, both on that Arizona State Sun Devils team, but very uh, very much depth and reserve players. Gonzaga is the three seed playing in Denver, Colorado. TCU, Arizona State, or Nevada is in Denver as well. The three seed Gonzaga Bulldogs are taking on the Antelopes out of Grand Canyon. Let me just tell you, man, Ray Harrison, Ray Harrison for Grand Canyon. That dude can fill it up. I watched that game last night over Southern Utah, 31 points. He could hit from anywhere on the floor. Yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily pick that upset because of how Gonzaga wants to play. And to be honest with you, I feel bad for TCU. I was so on them in, in the preseason. I had them actually in my preseason final four. But with the recent injury issues, uh, Eddie Lampkin, the center, has been gone for a little bit. They have the guard play with Mike Miles Jr. and Damian Ball, but uh, honestly, Gonzaga's too up-tempo and too good on offense to really be stopped by them. It's really a collision course between uh, Gonzaga and UCLA, the way that UCLA wants to play defense. Now, will they get Bona back in time for that game? Hopefully for their sake, but it's going to be fun to see. Finishing up the... West region, you got ahead of the curve there with one game. We didn't get to this one yet, but the 7-10 matchup is going to be the Northwestern Wildcats out of the Big Ten. Congrats to Chris Collins and his squad, Boo Booey, Chase Audige and company. Great year, 21-11, and 11, the two seed in the Big Ten tournament. They're taking on Boise State, a third team from the Mountain West. Or, wait a minute, wait a minute, with Nevada, did they get four from the Mountain West? Or is Nevada out of the whack? Am I messing up no, their conference Nevada, there? No, Nevada is in the Mountain West. So uh, how about that? that? How about that? So Northwestern, the 7, and Boise State, the 10. These games uh, will be in Sacramento. And you mentioned the two seed here at the bottom of the bracket in the West region, all the way to the Pac-12 tournament finals and lost to Arizona. That's UCLA. And the 15 seed, once again, playing those Bruins is UNC Asheville. So a bit of a trip there for UNC Asheville going all the way out west. But we will take another pause and just 16 more teams to complete this great 2023 NCAA tournament. It is your Mad About Hoops Selection Sunday special right here on The Fan.com. It's Selection Sunday. You're listening to a special edition of Mad About Hoops, the best damn college basketball podcast in the world. Here's Timmy and Colin. 
All right, we are moving right along as the teams are coming out for the 2023 NCAA tournament. We do appreciate you guys checking us out here tonight. And please do subscribe to the podcast because we do that bad boy every single week. And we always tend to fill it up with a couple more throughout the month of March once we get into the NCAA tournament. Like, we'll do a bracket breakdown. We usually record on Fridays now, but we'll do something before then. So please do go and subscribe anywhere you get your audio. It's Mad About Hoops. So to the East region, and we've known this, and we've been excited about this. This is the one thing that kind of picks you back up when you realize the Buckeyes aren't going, is that you have first and second round action, which is the greatest sports watching anywhere you're going to find in Columbus, Ohio, at Nationwide Arena. They've hosted it before. They're kind of on an every four-year rotation, and it is wonderful. I've gone each of the last two times there. The Purdue Boilermakers are the one seed playing in Columbus, Ohio, 29-5, and Big Ten champs, Big Ten tournament champs, taking on a 16 seed out of Dayton, Texas Southern, or Fairleigh Dickinson. So there you go, Evil, in the 8-9 game, getting right to it. Memphis, the 8 the champs in the American finally knocked off Houston today and Florida Atlantic. Another you talked about could have been a, a bid stealer if they didn't win their conference tournament, but the owls did. That's a 31 win basketball team. Columbus, Ohio, some good stuff right there. Yeah. Columbus, Ohio nailed it. And you'll, you'll hit some of it more at the bottom of this bracket, but getting Memphis and Florida Atlantic on that. I, I believe that's a Friday game day. Uh, it's going to be really, really nice. The way that the guards play for Florida Atlantic and John L Davis, he's leading the show. And then you've got Memphis who we just saw today with Kendrick Davis, the transfer from SMU has been such a good player. And Deandre Williams, the Deandre forward. Williams, man, I've been Unique telling you, guy. I told you before this show started that if Memphis gets paired with Purdue, I love that upset. But the only issue is now is that they have to play Florida Atlantic, another team that I was really excited about. Okay, let's go down to the bottom of that top half of the bracket there. In the East region again, we just hit two Columbus games. We go to Orlando, the five seed. So these guys could bump into Purdue. Duke, the Duke Blue Devils, red hot, nine straight wins. John Shire, first year as coach there following the Coach K Act, got his win in the ACC Tournament Championship. Taking on, oh, close your ears, Buckeye fans, Max Acemas and the Oral Roberts Eagles. Yeah, this is really unfortunate for Duke because overall, this is the worst bracket of the four right now. I'm telling you right now in terms of the how deep it is. But Duke, if they can just get past this team who's, who scores like 85, 86 points per game, I love Duke to run through this bracket. But they have to get through that game. So you have to really decide, do you trust Max A. Smith to do it again, bring the magic, or is Duke going to make the run? All right, so that's the 5-12, the 4-13 matchup feeding into this Duke-Oral Roberts game. Tennessee, the Vols, the big injury to Ziegler here late in the season certainly affects them. They will be taking on a 13 seed Raging Cajuns out of Louisiana. 26 win basketball team, the Raging Cajuns. Yeah, Tennessee actually got pretty lucky here for all the fours. I think they've got the best matchup of them all. And I don't really know if they deserved it, to be quite honest with you, between uh, teams like Virginia and whatnot. But uh, I think Tennessee will be safe there, but they will lose to whoever comes out from that Duke Oral Roberts game. All right, let's finish up this whole entire tournament field and then uh, break it down and give you some thoughts about it all. We go to Greensboro, North Carolina again. East region, a 6-11 matchup. Big Blue, here they are, Big Blue Nation. The Kentucky Wildcats, 21-11 out of the SEC, facing out of the Big East. You're wearing the T-shirt right now. 
You are really sick. You know that? <laughs> Providence Friars. He's wearing a Providence t-shirt. This is your 6-11 game. Both teams with identical 21-11 and 11 records. Yeah, Providence, one of the last four buys. And quite honestly, down the stretch, it looked a little shaky there. I, I was honestly confident that they would make it, but most bra- bracketologists I saw was, said that they were getting close to the bubble. But this is a I, I like this for Providence. Ed Croswell can max, match up with Oscar Sheway down in the post. Uh, Kentucky's guards are very inconsistent, and when the transfers for Providence are on their game, when they came back like they did against UConn, when they play that consistent, they can easily win this game. Ed Cooley, one of the more underrated coaches in the in America, I'll throw that out there. One of Chris Holtman's close confidants, going back to his Butler days in the Big East. The three fourteen matchup below that one, three seed Kansas State Wildcats, really solid season, really good year. Jerome Tang taking them over. One of Scott Drew's bench coaches for a long, long time. So you're seeing how that's worked out. Just a, a really good, really good guard with K-State. And then a great story with Keontae George, too, in uh, what he has done transferring from Florida. Yeah, uh, It's Keontae Johnson. Johnson. Is the, is the not yes. Keontae George. Yeah. yeah. It's that's, a, uh, that's the Baylor guy. That's correct. Yeah, yes. my bad. Uh, Kansas State has a really good one-two punch, like you said, with Marquise Noel and Johnson. Uh, I don't know if I love them in their draw between Providence and Kentucky. I think I prefer them more against Providence with the way they play. But if they do face Kentucky, that would make me a little bit cautious of sending them through to the Sweet 16. But uh, honestly, we got to get to the last pairing here because this is a Columbus matchup coming up. And I think Columbus really deserves Mm, two of these certain teams to win to face each other in the round of 32. Thank thank you for cleaning up that miss. I missed a layup and you were right there on the offensive glass for me on that Keontae George uh, mix up right there. Uh, Yeah, like you said, Montana State. I was hoping to see some Weber State action out of the big sky. Weber State actually had that game against Montana State in the bag, went to double overtime, and then Bo Bishop's Montana State Bobcats held off the Weber State Wildcats with an alley-oop dunk at the end of double OT to uh, get to the finals. That was the semifinal in that big sky, and then there they are. So the 7-10, we finish up the whole entire bracket with two more Columbus games. Thank you, CBS Sports college basketball for leaving this to the very, very end. The seven seed Michigan state Spartans, some big 10 action right here at home. The 10 seed USC Trojans, the third team in out of the pack 12. And then the final two, what a great two fifteen matchup. And I can remember when Vermont as a 15 seed knocked off Syracuse with TJ Sorrentine and Taylor Copenhagen. What a Vermont Catamounts team that was. They're the 15 taking on the two, the Marquette Golden Eagles. And there is our 2023 NCAA tournament field. Yeah, to finish up with that bottom, like I said, it's uh, Michigan St. Marquette. That's a game we need on Sunday afternoon here in Columbus. That place will be packed. It'll be such a great environment for that. Marquette sets up really well for this. Uh, Michigan State versus USC is going to be a battle between really solid guard play between the Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson versus Michigan State with Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard, and the rest of their bunch. But uh, I like Marquette to come out of this bottom section. Depending on who they face between Kansas State, Providence, and Kentucky, I I got to decide who I want going to the Sweet 16 under that group, and then I'll decide what I do with Marquette. But as of right now, I kind of think this might be like a Marquette versus Duke Elite Eight situation. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the way I was leaning right off the top because I've kind of already made up my mind. We're, we're kind of aligned on the same page, wondering what's going to happen to Purdue if Zach Eady gets into a foul trouble game and watching how they almost gave that one up. It's, it's tough because you got to give Purdue a lot of credit because – We sit here as Ohio State fans. We're trying to get back to that where 
You are winning some Big Ten championships. They just won an outright regular season and the tournament championship. So that's already a heck of a season. But when you've already been doing some of those things, they're they're getting the one seeds now. They're getting really good seeds even when they're not one seeds. They need a Final Four. They haven't been since 1980. So they're trying to do that. And I always just... I feel, I know, like, I live in a, my mom and dad, you know, we're in a kind of a, a Purdue house there, and the house divided for the Buckeye game yesterday, and my, my poor dad knows it more than most, how when they get into those tight games, you usually just lean, they're going to lose, they're going to let you down, so I think more of the same happens there, and it's like you said, uh, watching this Marquette team late in the year, and what they just did in the Big East tournament, they had their close game, right? And then they just took out the trash in the semifinals and championship game. So a situation you run into when you're in your bracket pools is trying to find teams that are going to be the popular upset picks. And if you like the metrics and whatnot to fade them, Go against it's a great it. opportunity. Yeah. And I think Duke in this situation against Oral Roberts, Roberts is going to get all the people around the country picking them for the upset. So just take Duke. It's a classic it's the 512s, man. Yeah. But yes, if you believe in Duke and you're not concerned about their three-point shooting woes at times, you should send them through and you're going to have a great advantage on most people. All right, we will... We'll take another pause here. We've got a, a ton of great live action coming up tonight because a special edition of On the Money is going to take you from seven to nine. And I can already hear those guys geeking out about the tournament field being set. So that'll be a lot of fun. We'll have uh, another good segment coming up to chew on all this. Like you said, want to focus in a little bit on those 5-12 matchups because those are always popular. And we'll give you our final fours and our national champs as well. It's our Mad About Hoops Selection Sunday special right here on the fan. You're listening to a special Selection Sunday edition of Mad About Hoops. Here's Timmy and the Evil One. All right, this has been a lot of fun, everybody. First time. I want to thank the Columbus Blue Jackets for not playing a game on Sunday night on Selection Sunday. I feel like since we started doing the, the College Hoops pod here, Evil, four years or so running now, every single year there's been a Sunday night game, and we're obligated to air those. So yeah. this allowed us the chance to, to do it. We're trying to get Connor Bedard. That season's kind of winding down anyway. And let's focus on some good college basketball, man. We got the action coming up here in Columbus. Could have a little Michigan State Marquette second rounder. Oh, man. Uh, as, as we start to go through this, I, I think I do. I, I wonder, like, where are you going to go? If we go back to that East region to start giving the people what our final four picks are and a little bit more bracket analysis with what you see there. But I, I throw that possible matchup out to you. What do you think? Yeah, so it's actually, I believe Duke played Purdue earlier in the season. So that I think they we, got have, we have a butts kicked. Yeah, we have a data point on that. I do. But that was then. This it was is now. then. <laughs> yeah. Duke is yeah. hot, but they've got a really tough matchup with Oral Roberts and how they want to play. And the three-point lines, it's, it's, it's a real difference maker. And that's why Oral Roberts is going to have a chance in that game. I do believe it's going to come down to Marquette and Duke. I'm probably going to put through Marquette. Okay, I'm the other way. I'm going to go with John Shire, and I'm going to go with the Duke Blue Devils. Second straight year into the Final Four. No North Carolina. I guess we should emphasize how North Carolina is not in this field. That's crazy, right? With them returning all those guys, they just never had that cohesion that you look for in a team. And, and then some, right? Armando Baycott, uh, the walking double-double, and Caleb Love, who just did not really learn how to take good shots and play good team basketball all year. So no UNC. They're not in the field. I am going to have Duke outlasting and moving on to the final four out of the East region right there. Let's go to the bottom, right? So we go opposite there. That's the West. 
where Kansas is the one seed. This feeds into games in Las Vegas, all right? And you've got some interesting matchups along the way. The 8-9 there is Arkansas, Illinois. You've got a nice 5-12, St. Mary's versus VCU. VCU the 12. I like that upset there for the Rams. Really energetic, solid-looking team. They still play the way that you would expect a Shaka Smart team to play. It's still that brand. UConn versus the 13. Iona is a really interesting matchup as well. And I, I skip all the way to the bottom where UCLA is the two seed. Some injury issues, but, man, they're good. They won 29 basketball games, and Mick Cronin just has that program rolling. And any team with Jaime Jaquez, old uh, remember, remember the 5th of November, my V for Vendetta, Jaime Jaquez, I, I like that. I'm going to be uh, picking UCLA through into the Final Four in that region. Yeah, man, this might be one of my tougher ones. I Because I kind of like Kansas's draw, but outside of – whether they get a UConn. UConn's really the one that kind of scares me when it comes to Kansas because of the way they can play with their guards. Man, I, I might have a UConn and maybe Gonzaga final. I A UConn-Zags regional, re- regional final. Here we go, baby. I'm, a little 4-3. I'm just really concerned with UCLA and when they're going to get Bona back and how effective he's going to be because I what I saw is what – Jew Timmy can take advantage of is if they have those backup bigs, he can get them into foul trouble. And as we saw in that Pac-12 championship game, it really puts UCLA at a disadvantage. Yeah, but that was. I, mean, I if might we, put. If, but might. hear hear me out. If we think that highly of Arizona and two bigs like that with two Bellis, and he really is a special player, they did a pretty good job of making it, it making it tough on Tubelis in that second half. He was not able to get the ball in the spots where he could easily score. And even though Ballo did get himself into low double figures, it was they weren't easy looks for him. It was tough. And that Bailey dude for UCLA too provides another threat, right? That they didn't used to have. So he scores the way that he does. They got a chance. And you you get either Northwestern or Boise State. It's not that typical Gonzaga team that I feel is threatening to win it all this year. So I, I like uh, their ability to survive, and it's the heart hedge. By the way, if we're not, we don't have a Buckeyes in this field here. Who are you? Who's your team? Actually, I'm going to go for Kansas. Clearly, so a little heart head hedge there, getting out of the West Region. Who are you pulling for? Oh, overall? in terms of rooting, yeah, rooting. I, I mean, I'm always going to support Providence. I love Ed Cooley. Okay, and I, all right. I, I think yeah. it's a good team. Uh, but as looking at the bracket and what I love. I think I want to root for UConn. I, I just, I can't quit them. I can't quit their guard play and what Sonogo and Donovan Klingon provide down in the front court. I, I just think they have all the pieces to make a run. All right, send the man Big East basketball shorts for Christmas later this year. That's all he needs or for the birthday coming up. So we go back up to the, the top of the brackets where the Midwest region, Houston, incorrectly, in my opinion, got the one seed in that region over Kansas who has... 10 more quad one wins versus Houston and played 24 games in that, in that area compared to nine for the Cougars. But Hey, what are you going to do? They gave it to Houston that feeds into Kansas city. I am going to go with Texas though, watching what they just did their depth, Marcus Carr and what he's done. We know him in the big 10. They are really, really good, riding it hot right now. So I'm going to go with the Longhorns out of that region to the Final Four. Yeah, I think we're going to agree on this. I think you're looking at a possible collision course between Houston and Texas. And I think Texas and the way they play and how they can lock down those guards just kind of is the difference maker. And then there's always got to be one region where you don't overthink it. And I think we are. I think, we I think we're in unison on this one, too. It's it's Alabama. It's the Crimson Tide. And they've just... They've been a juggernaut here. You know, big football school. Good for them. They got the basketball as well. Can't do anything to Bama. So put them through to the final four. So I've got myself a one, a two, a five, and a two. 
and they're all they're all big brands. Texas hasn't been there in a while, but they're all big brands, and that's yeah. usually how it goes. I looked at my chalkboard. You know, I got the chalkboard in the basement. We'll be wiping it clean and starting fresh. And I looked up at that one last year, and I'm like, man, that's just that's ridiculous. You've got Duke and Carolina and Kansas and Villanova. It just always seems that's how we end up, even though we get great upsets along the way. That's what's great about this event. You get those upsets along the way, but when it nears the finish line, you get some really great basketball. Yeah, it's funny. I'm already t- starting to tilt on my East pick. I'm starting to like Duke over Marquette. So even then, we're, we're doing instant reactions, but it just like the more you look at it, the more, you, the more you dive into the analytics and everything behind it, you start to try change your picks and good thing you got up until Thursday around noon to make that decision. But yeah, right. As of now, I've got Bama coming out of the South. I've got Marquette coming out of the East. I'll go with Gonzaga out of the West and then I'll go with Texas out of the Midwest. And I am going to go with a Texas over Bama national championship. And I've got the reverse. I've got Bama over Texas. Oh, look at, look at us. You know what? We should just, you know, morph into one person. (laughs) When we're doing this podcast. No, no, there's uh, there's some great differences here. It's good stuff. This was a lot of fun. So we got it, man. We got it. We've we've done it. Selection Sunday. We came. We saw. We conquered. Uh, I don't want to brag, but I hit two five-game parlays in consecutive days here. So that was a whole lot of fun. I feel like I'm just in a, in a zone. So that means everything I just told you for the NCAA tournament will be completely wrong in every single way. So do not listen to anything... I heard or I told you that was for entertainment purposes only because I just had my hot streak conference tournament time. This will be a messy bracket for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've talked all year about how this is such a balanced game and uh, we talk about all the chaos that should happen, but we've got a bunch of ones and twos in this. So clearly something's going to go wrong. Once again, please do download and subscribe to our podcast, Mad About Hoops, anywhere you get your audio. Good commercial free college basketball fun. We certainly do appreciate it. And here for the live show, We keep the party going tonight on the fans. Scotty Vegas and Dave Biddle are standing by a special presentation selection Sunday style of on the money is coming up next. Have a great night and enjoy the tournament. Everybody right here on the fan. 